If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of Vacation Rental Success. This is number 111111. And... We've got a little bit of snow on the ground here. It's been an amazingly mild weekend. We had snow and it's all, it all went. And then it was a bit like, do you remember that movie, The Day After Tomorrow? It was really awful movie. And the, uh, the, the, freeze, the freeze came and people were running down corridors with the, with the cold weather following them. It was a bit like that yesterday because the temperature dropped by about six degrees centigrade over a period of about half an hour. And you could just sit there and just watch the temperature dial going down and down and down. But uh, that's it. We're back to the freeze freezer again. And I think that looks like it's uh, that's where we're going to stay for the next couple of weeks. Um, but given that I'm off to the Bahamas in two weeks time, I'm not really bothered. Mike, in fact, is heading off to Mexico next Sunday for a week. So I'm on grandma duty, which is going to be a lot of fun. But it's uh, He's actually got both of his little girls in full-time school at the moment, which is, uh, I hate to say this from a grandma perspective, but it really is quite nice. Uh, I shall get them up in the morning, get them off to school, and then I can spend the whole day just in another environment doing all my work. And there's a lot of work to be done with the launch of the Vacation Rental Formula on the 4th of January. Um, We've just got through the first week and have seen a ton of people sign up and join us in the formula and in the formula club, which is what we call our Facebook group. And we've got some, some great networking going on there, which I'm really enjoying. We launched our first blab last week as well. And we'll be doing that every, hopefully every Wednesday from here on in. And uh, this week, I'm not quite sure what the theme is going to be this week, but we will be blabbing. If, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, Actually, you've got to be listening to it very, very early on Wednesday morning because we'll be blabbing it around 10 o'clock EST on Wednesday. But if you missed this, I would just come along every Wednesday. Join in. It is so much fun. I, I just love how relaxed it is. Um, Mike and I did it last week. We just sat back in our chairs and we we opened up the blab and people came and joined us Um If you don't know what a blab is, it's a live chat show online and you have a host and usually a co-host that take up two squares uh, at the top of your screen. Just underneath that are two empty boxes, which we call chairs. And if somebody wants to come in and go live on the show, ask their questions, offer some great information or suggestions or, or whatever, then they can ask to be accepted into a chair. And we just click a button and they will appear in their jammies if that's what they're wearing. I mean, we really hope you get dressed if you're going to come and join us on a blab. But, you know, as long as you're decent, it really, really doesn't matter. So that was uh, was great fun last week. We can't wait for this week and every week to come. And while Mike is in Mexico next week, Uh, I have asked 
the great Matt Landau to come along and co-host with me. So if you are around on the... Hold on a second. Just got to have a quick look at my calendar. I'll tell you what date that is going to be. It's going to be Wednesday, January the 20th, when uh, when Matt Landau will join me as co-host. And we're going to talk about listing site independence. So that would be a great one. If you haven't done a blab, you haven't been to one, and you don't have to come and join us in a chair. You can just you can just listen, watch, and make comments. It is best if you do have a Twitter account. So I would suggest that if you haven't got a Twitter account, you just go ahead and sign up for that. Um, it's as easy as anything. You don't have to do anything beyond just signing up. Um, if you want some help with Twitter, then I can certainly give that to you. But uh, for the purposes of a blab, just go sign up. That will be absolutely fine. So last week's episode, we talked to Matt Ward, who was a, a, a new owner, a new owner of a, of a condo in Florida. And we got some great feedback from that. People do like to listen to the stories of other people, just people who have bought properties, who are renting them out, and who are having success with them, or at times having issues. And in fact, Matt had one particular issue that he, he talked about on our episode last week. And um, uh, we had some really good feedback and some um, all sorts of offers of, of advice for Matt after that. So this week, I'm doing exactly the same. I've invited another owner. This time, it's the owner of multiple properties called The Houses at Manzanita. Now, I've been to Oregon once, but I'd never heard of this place called Manzanita. So I'm going to ask my guest today, her name is Kim Bergstrom, to tell us about her properties uh, in Oregon. And we're also going to cover, you know, how she manages that many properties, uh, how, she, how she manages the property management, how she manages the reservations, talking about her target market and how she reaches them how her website was developed because it is a really, really lovely, lovely website. And we're going to discuss her blog because she is very active at blogging. And I love to talk about blogging. So without further ado, I think you're going to get a huge amount from this episode. Let's go on over to the interview. So I want to say a great big welcome to Kim Bergstrom, who owns the Houses at Manzanita. Welcome, Kim. Thank you, Heather. That's so nice of you. Um, the name of the business is The Houses on Manzanita Beach. The Houses on Manzanita Beach. I'll make sure mm -hmm. I, get, I get that one right. First of all, I'd never heard of um, Manzanita. I've been to Oregon once. I, I think um, Coos Bay is where we went at that time. So I have no idea of where Manzanita is. So let's kick off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, where you actually live in relation to those properties as well. Well, I live in Seattle, Washington uh, with my family. I am originally from Oregon, which is why we have beach houses down there. And I spend a lot of my time commuting back and forth between the two. So how often do you get down there? And how many, mm -hmm. how many hours are you away from them? 
I am four hours away from the beach, and um, I am down there at minimum um, twice a month. I um, sometimes spend half time down there. When I'm remodeling houses, I'm a full-time Oregonian, so um, it's kind of chaotic in our family. It sounds like you have a lot on your plate, so I'd, I'd love to go back and for you to tell the listeners a the, the history behind the houses on Manzanita, because uh, I read your About Us um, page on your website, and it's fascinating, and I'd love you to share that. Well, my father first fell in love with the Oregon coast uh, via his stepfather, who worked for the railroad that ran along the beach. It was the main transportation from the area, and he always dreamed of having an oceanfront vacation house. And um, he was in World War II, and then he came home and uh, went to Pacific University, not far from the beach, and um, started a family and made his dream come true. So I grew up commuting down to the beach, which was not very typical at that time. People usually didn't commute that far for vacations. And uh, we drove back and forth, taking building materials down, and then I spent summers uh, living at the beach with my cousins and, and running around like mad, barefoot, playing amongst the driftwood and, and having a wonderful time and really falling in love, in love with the area too. So, um, and then I met my husband. I introduced him to the beach. Uh, he made the fatal mistake of asking what's there to do around here. So <laughs> since that time, I, I really found a lot for him to do down there. But um, our story in taking the house and making it a vacation rental is pretty typical, I think, for a lot of people in that um, my father was retiring and um, it was getting hard to afford the house. So uh, my husband and I took it over and created a vacation rental. And this was back in 96 when there weren't a lot of vacation rentals at that time. So how was it Yeah, back in 1996 um, managing mm -hmm. a vacation rental? How did you market it at that time? Um, <laughs> we advertised our house on what was called e-bulletin boards back then, if you remember. Um, you know, a business would have a bulletin board for their uh, employees, and we would list the house, and through his firm and our firm, uh, we got enough guests to keep the house going. And then we expanded. Um, we had a friend that was a realtor, and so he put it on his e-bulletin board, and then um, a local software company in the area of Seattle also had it on their e-bulletin board um, from a friend of ours. So that's how we marketed it at first, and then we expanded into Craigslist when it was semi-new, and then joined the wonderful world of VRB HomeAway and FlipKey um, when that became the thing to do. So you were an earlier, uh, an early adopter then of the listing sites. Oh, definitely. Always so interesting to talk to talk to people who uh, who did that. You know, flip key when it was in its infancy, which was wonderful. I loved it. It was definitely the the heyday of of listing sites. Yes, would would that we could have those back again. <laughs> but then, but then well, I would like a lot of things back again. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, that's, I think that's typical for any business. Uh, people see the benefit or the great potential and um, they join in. And there's a lot more people in the industry than there were when we started. So um, things are changing. And I, I um, 
find that it's really important, um, especially people that have been at it a long time, to keep up with the trends and, um, you know, not look back and regret what we can't do anymore, but look at things that we can do to make it a good situation. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. It's, uh, it, it, it is a matter of looking forward. We can look back wistfully, but... <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, as I, as I do to my children's upbringing, and then I look at my grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> I have teenagers right now, ah. so I'm waiting to look wistfully up yeah. on their upbringing when they're out of the house. <laughs> Your time will come. Yes. <laughs> um, you've got three properties now. That's correct. Okay. Tell us a little bit about, um, about each, each one of them. What, what sort of size are they? Uh, we have three houses. We have our original house, and it's our smallest house. It sleeps. It's um, equipped for eight guests. Um, our second house we purchased in 2012, and it sleeps ten guests. And our latest house, um, which we purchased in 2014, um, is a one of the original houses on our beach, and it sleeps twenty guests. That's a huge. <laughs> amount of people it really is and the, the each of the houses I've remodeled too so so for instance we purchased um the ho- the second house in 2012 but it took us about a year to get it um in the market and the same with the um the latest house the 20 person house it took a lot of work because it was in such disrepair any house that's right on the beach gets hammered and um, we had to lift the house in areas and support it. And uh, there was water in the basement. And we had to update all the systems and, and modernize it enough that our guests would be comfortable. Well, I've, uh, I've had a look at the, at the listing. It looks absolutely spectacular. You must have worked so hard at it. We did. We did. And with both houses, um, the people at the beach, there's a an attraction for our guests in that the life at the beach is slower. And I think you might find this too. I think your vacation rental area was out away from the city too. Am, am I correct? I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes, yes. You know, ours are two or three hours or, right. or more outside of Toronto. So, yes, it's, it's a different life, different way of life. Right. A different way of life. And, um, boy, sometimes it's hard to get people <laughs> to work. Um, you know, if the surf's up, they're out, you know, our workers are out surfing or, but in both cases in our, the second two houses, the contractor, um, left for family emergencies. So I had to go and be the general contractor. And uh, for instance, this last house, I was in the middle of winter, no heat (laughs) in this house with at the time, single pane windows. And it was, it was a challenge. (laughs) But it certainly seems as though you uh, you you weathered that challenge. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll just look at the pictures now, and I will for for the benefit of um, of the listeners make sure that there is a link to um, to the website and to the historic Reed House, which is um, uh, the one we're we're talking about at the moment. I noticed one of the photographs has an old fashioned telephone. Tell me about that. Oh, definitely. Um, actually, that was added to the house. Um, some of the things, what I wanted to do and what I've done with all three houses is try to maintain the feeling of the original beach house and yet update it for today's needs. 
Um, and that's really what my specialty is in the area. Um, Manzanita itself has not grown as much as some of the areas. There's a limit to how much it can grow. So it's retained that charm that people desire at the beach. There are some communities that have become so popular and so big, it becomes homogenized and it loses the flavor that people originally wanted. Um, but Manzanita hasn't experienced that and that's why people are attracted to Manzanita. So with the house I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to make it comfortable for our guests um, with, with property, um, proper electricity and, and uh, you know, and, and plumbing and, and insulation and windows, yet I wanted to maintain what was special about that house. And um, it was really a labor of love. We added um, features back that had been taken out. And um, the telephone booth was one of those. And it, um, it was really fun because the guys that I was working with on the house also felt what we were doing and um, made suggestions. And, and really, it was a labor of love all around. The telephone booth was a combination of the electrician suggesting it was a good idea and, and some of the other things. And I had already gotten the vintage telephone, and people love it. Yet the funny thing is, is... Um, People that are not used to a dial phone mm -hmm. uh, get really impatient. They can't wait for the dial to go all the way around <laughs> to go to the next number. My daughter can't even finish doing a whole telephone number sequence. She gets tired of it and hangs up and leaves. Well, <laughs> well they could probably write 10 texts in the time it takes to <laughs> dial a number. <laughs> Definitely. So three properties has got to be a challenge um, in, a, in a lot of ways. I mean, so I, I just wanted to cover off things like, you know, how do you manage them in terms of your bookings and reservations? And then how do you manage, uh, how do you actually manage the property in terms of housekeeping and cleaning? It is all me with um, definitely the help of a lot of people that I have come to know over the years. Plus, my husband is in the background. Um, he usually does not come to the forefront. But, for instance, we had an oven go out. Um, I got a call on Friday. Um, they were cleaning the house and realized the oven was not working. And you just can't get a repair person mm -hmm. in that quickly nor replace the oven that quickly. So my husband, um, bless his heart, um, drove down to Oregon, grabbed an oven, replaced it, and came back in, over the weekend. And that's part of what we do. We're kind of crazy in that way. But I, but I think that's that's all important that, mm -hmm. you know, the, the people who are renting it, they, they don't care, do they? They don't care what the owner's situation is. They just want to to have the place in full working order. So, oh, definitely. Yeah. So, so the fact that you can go in, do that um, almost seamlessly probably passes them by. It's, it reminds me of we just took a vacation to Disney World. We took the kids there after promising them to do that for a long time and you know at night when you go away all the magic is done and so when you come back the next morning it's all perfect and that's I think that's what people want in a vacation home they don't want to have to deal with a broken oven they don't want to have to deal with repair people and I try as much as possible to avoid that but um, when you take on ownership you, you really have to do that because people want a functioning oven they want a functioning stove we're on, when they're on vacation and they don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, we have, have the same thing here because of, of the diversity of our locations. Um, if, if something goes wrong, it's, it's tough to get anybody out to, to deal with it at short notice. 
So, you know, we, we have contingency plans in place for 200 separate properties, which, <laughs> which, which, is, which is challenging, but it, uh, it, it does help. And just, just the contingency planning is such a huge part of, of the whole business. Um, I think it's so easy to go into this to think, well, we've just list it, rent it, take the money, and everybody's happy. But without the contingency plans, without you know somebody like your husband who can just just go down at the drop of a hat and do something, um, that's where the big challenges lie. I think. Right, and expectations. You're right. I get a lot of calls from people who are interested in purchasing property and they want to run a vacation house, and um, it's just not as simple as people think it is. And I think maybe it will show in how they're renting if that's the the way they run their house in ultimately um it's it doesn't fly i know um we were down at our houses um at new year's and we didn't have a place to stay because all three houses were taken and i had been working down there my family wanted to come down and be with me so i um called a lot of people on vrbo or um, sent inquiries and i had so many people that didn't respond or they're um, I got a message like a week later saying that they just didn't keep their calendars up to date and there was not an availability. And it, it was a really frustrating experience. Um, and it, it really, it's, it's a good learning experience too. It reminds you what is important in this. Did you find it was an eye-opener to you or is it something that you sort of thought, yeah, well, that's to be expected because probably a good proportion of owners are in that are in that mindset that it's not that important. It was an eye opener. It shouldn't have been. I should know that. Um, it was um, frustrating because we needed a place to stay, and also um, because the where where they fell in listing order in the listing sites was not how the listing sites supposedly do work, and and but. It, it like I said, it was a good reminder to me what was important in this, and and we really try to provide a seamless vacation. I think it's what people want. It's rare that people have time off now, so those vacations are so important. Um, I worked at uh, Nordstrom's when it started. I don't know if you have Nordstrom's in your area, Heather, but um, it's a department store down here that's really known for their customer service and I worked there when it was not a national chain it was it was local to, to Seattle and Portland and customer service was number one and it just it pays off in the long run and I, I brought the same mentality to my business and, and I hope it's working well. I first heard of Nordstrom way way back um, I was custom services uh, or a customer services trainer for Reader's mm -hmm. Digest many many years ago back in the UK and I read a book called A Complaint is a Gift. And in that book, they had a case study about Nordstrom. And it talked about, I mean, we're talking, we're going back into the early 1990s here. And their case study was about a, a person who had taken a set of tires back to Nordstrom to be exchanged or to get, to get the money back. And Nordstrom don't sell tires, but they still gave them the money back. <laughs> they were like that back then. I worked. <laughs> I worked. Back, I worked even later, earlier than that. But 
you know, it's changed some, like all businesses do. It was run by the family back then, and they really had that mentality. Um, well, if, and, you, if you think about it, that simple action has had such a far-reaching impact because that simple action was then put into books and talked about in customer service seminars, and they became the flagship for customer service just about worldwide. So, you know, those simple acts really made the difference and probably really bought in the customers. Right. And, you know, you can't always do that um, with a small business Mm -hmm. um, because you do have to look at bottom line. But I, I think ultimately everyone wants to be heard and acknowledged. And, and I think that's really important when doing this. I so agree. So, Kim, what do you use for a reservation system? Do you, are you still using spreadsheets and um, manual format, or do you have an actual um, you know, bought-in booking system? We, um, I work with Logix. I would be going kind of crazy without them because I diversify in marketing. It's getting kind of ahead of the game here, but... Um, we have so many various inquiries coming through other places. It's really wonderful to have one place to put it in, all the information in, and send out quotes from, have a calendar. It, it's a, a lifesaver for me. I love it. Okay. So you, so with somebody who's got a couple of properties, you'd, you'd recommend a proprietary system? For me, yes. Some other people... Um, my, you know, that's one of the things I've found with this business is everyone has their favorite method. And I'm not a very logical person. I, I'm more of the creative marketing side. And um, so I really need something to, to bring it all together for me. And, and logic does it for me. And taking on our third house, it was almost like taking on two houses or, or having twins. <laughs> because... 20 people is, is basically two of our houses, and it, um, the work, it's like having, it's your third and fourth child. The work goes up dramatically. And how, um, so how do you I, manage your cleaning staff? Um, I have uh, what became a service um, when I, I needed it. My cleaner was leaving, and I had one cleaner at the time. And um, so we have a watchman service, and they brought their sister in and some other people and they do the clean for us so I send them to the schedule I'm in contact with them and uh, we work together to get it done sounds like it's a it's a fair amount of work for them particularly in the reed house it takes two people uh, four hours to do to do that <laughs> wow Definitely. so you you said that you know the properties are on the beach it's three hours from um, a major um, a major city. Um, who's your target market? So I that's um, four hours from Seattle, and it's only about an hour and a half from Portland, less um, in the outlying areas. So those are my two major markets, but we certainly have people come from all other states. A lot of people from Boise, Idaho. Um, some people from Northern California. We have people come down from Canada. And... Um, Springtime and summertime, we even have more people visit from um, as diverse of places as as Florida and then up in your area Mm -hmm. in Canada and and New York. We're we're getting more and more 
out-of-state people coming to visit too. And what sort of people are they? What sort of what are the types of you know the avatars? I guess your personas, the the type of people that come to stay in a, in a more rural place. So, I was thinking about demographics the other day, and I have it's hard to pinpoint this because we have a diverse type of people. I think more than the type of people, it's the mindset of those people and that my guests are people that don't want to stay at a home that, that you could pick up and put down any place mm-hmm. in the country in the United States um, and and there are some experiences like that and that's fine it, that's what people like it's wonderful when they know that but people really want to get a feeling of the area the um, there's a lot of creative independent people in the area and um, they they want a house that reflects that. We get even single guests that come to get away from something or they want a weekend of solitude. Um, in our largest house, we get um, a lot of family reunions. We get retreats and workshops, things like that. And in all three houses, we often have um, families or women's weekends it's a very diverse population so how do you go about reaching them if you know if if it's that diverse do you have Mm -hmm. a strategy that that sends you off in one direction for one group and another direction for another group or is it uh, is it more generalized i was thinking of this and it's it's hard to um vocalize it but again it's, it's kind of a mindset so it's um the uniqueness of the property and the creativeness of the property is what I try to convey in my marketing, and that's what reaches people. Um, I, I do, you know, mainly advertise when I, I need to specify in, in the Washington area and the Oregon area, but um, I do go outside those areas at times. So tell me about your website, because mm-hmm. it's, it is a, it's a lovely site, um, from from the logo right the way through to your images, the ease of navigation, um, and of course your blog. So, how did you did you develop that yourself, or did you uh, did you have somebody build that for you? And uh, and how important is that to your overall market? Um, it is my website is crucial to our marketing strategy at this point. In that, um, like we were talking about, you cannot rely on those listing sites any longer just like I had to change when Craigslist was no longer the the place to go um so my website will be my constant and I'm will still use the listing sites to to get traffic as long as I can but um I think the trends that the listing sites are going to in um kind of a veil between the the owners and the guests it doesn't really suit my client um, my client wants to know about the house and they want to know me and know that I'm going to be there to give the service that they originally got when booking the house um, and so listing sites like Airbnb are moving away from that mentality um, so my website is crucial. Um, I needed to go with WordPress because my channel manager, Logix, uh, has a plugin for WordPress. And I tried to fiddle around with it myself and could not do so. Um, so I found a local person um, in the area. She 
was an escapee from San Francisco tech world, and she had a lot of experience in web design. Her name's Dawn Shears from Red Spiral Hand. And um, she helped create the website. I had definitely had a vision of what I wanted, and she had to deal with me in that. But the ease of use and the, the tech background, that's all her. Um, with my website, I really wanted to convey the beauty of the area and the old world, world charm of the community, old world for the West Coast, that is. And then um, our wonderful houses and, and their unique locations, which are on the beach. Well, it certainly does that. It, um, you know, the things I just mentioned, the things I really liked was, were all the the images, um, but the, the the images not just of the property inside, but of the uh, the area as well. You know, when you get mm -hmm. to your things to do section, um, some of those images are just gorgeous. Um, so, one thing I have noticed on your website, and and of course I have seen what you do on Matt's Inner Circle with a lot of aspiring vacation rental bloggers is mm -hmm. is to post the most amazing uh, information on your blog. How do you how do you use that? How do you use that blog to to drive traffic either to either to get people to book or to get back to your site and, and get these conversions? Well you mentioned um Matt Landau, and he has really inspired me, number one, to, to create my own website, and I'm always in his, his debt for that one, but also to focus on helping rather than selling. And it's really, um, and that's really what the blog does, it's trying to help people learn about the area um, and what's unique about the area. So number one, we're focused on helping um, and second, um, our blog then captures internet searches because we try to focus on the questions, number one, that people ask more often. So when people do a Google search, they'll find our, a blog post. And then and thirdly, the blog helps establish our knowledge of the area. So trust is really important when people go to an independent website, I believe. So they kind of get to know me. And um, lastly, blogs are a wonderful thing to post on social media and use that platform to, to get the world, word out there. Yeah, I love, so. uh, I love the way you, the, the, the blog is, sort of sits on your website. So when you go onto the <laughs> website, you can click onto... The, the blog, but when you get there, it looks like it, it is a almost a website of its own. It, um, it it doesn't look like it's included in this in this site that's trying to sell you accommodation. And right? Was that how, uh, how how deliberate was that? Very deliberate, and um, I um, it was an idea I had. It was an idea that my web designer put out there, and um, I discussed with Matt too that I really want to focus something separately on the area. Um, it would drive traffic to me, but it would also, um, I just love the area and, and like to write about it. It's something fun for me to do too. So, um, so it is a separate entity. I even have a domain name for it for later on if I want to totally break it off from my website. So it's, it's just a work in progress.
Well, it is. Um, it's 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 a great example of of what a vacation rental website would be. So uh, so definitely, you know, congratulations on that. It just is. Um, it just covers everything, and it. it as I say, I, I went to Oregon about seven years ago with an RV, and reading this through, it really has whetted my appetite for going back again. So, <laughs> so that's what you've I done for you me. Were, <laughs> yeah, you you were in the southern Oregon area, and the northern Oregon area is a lot different. It's, it's funny. It's 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 like two entities. Oh well, we'll definitely take a look at that because ne- next next mm-hmm. time we'll be coming through BC and then dropping down. So mm-hmm. that will be a good chance. So you published a great video recently, and I'm just trying to find it on your, is it on your website? It is on the website. It's on the first page, the landing page, and there are three, like, Polaroid photographs. Oh, yeah, watch Uh, our video. How could I have missed that? I think I was looking at the wonderful photograph above. But, yes, it's, uh, so for anyone who wants to go and have a look at this video, which is a fabulous example of how a video should be done for for a vacation rental, uh, take a look at the vacationrentalsmanzanita.com website and just scroll down below the feature image and you'll see the, the video. So um, how was that created? Did you did you get a professional to do it or did you do it yourself? Um, I know when to look for help, just like the website. So <laughs> um, I know I had an idea and I had a vision, but I needed someone to help me with that vision. And I um, researched... Um, professionals in the Portland area, I was kind of thrilled with that idea because Portland, as you may or may not know, is kind of an independent city. So I was looking for someone to do something a little different. And I found um, Travis Shields of Shields Films, and he works in commercial um, production, making um, commercials, but he also does independent small documentaries, and um, I really loved his work, and he agreed to help help me. He liked the idea of what I was looking for, and it was a wonderful collaboration. Um, it was it, it was hair-raising, let me tell you, because we, um, we planned it, and then I had to block off the time on all three houses during the high season, and you can imagine what that's like. And then we had to cross our fingers and hope that the weather would hold during that time, which is I mean, it, you know, it's a roll of the dice, what you're going to get. So oh. we had that planned ahead of time. Yeah, and it sounds like everything was in your favor on, on the day of, day of shooting. <laughs> it, well, we had three days of shooting for that, and um, I showed up in a van full of items to stage houses, and we it was just a mad three days, but it was really wonderful. And um, Travis really wanted me to be featured in the video. I was not thrilled about that, let me tell you. But he felt it really, If he felt that if he was looking for a vacation rental, he'd want to know who he was running from. And um, so I, I trusted him on that one. And um, he also pushed for a drone which to get the big shots, which was really wonderful. Um, but it, I was really, really pleased with the outcome. Well, I, th- I think... It's it's such a great touch to have you in there and talking about it because you see so many videos. Um, either they're the the shaky handheld walkthroughs, which are awful. <laughs> um, let's kick open the bathroom door <laughs> type of <laughs> type of video, or or they're done a little better, but it's just it's just music and that's it. But I th- I think this um, 
people want to know about the owners and and you've done it so well with your about us page that's where i read your history and then seeing this it just makes it a, such a well-rounded um package you know the, the whole the whole website so i i'll put a link to the video uh on the uh, the show notes also going to put a link to another one that um that was done oh gosh a lot of years ago about six six or seven years ago um when Andy McNulty of Touch mm-hmm. Day was uh, when he first started out really with Getaway Earth. I don't know if you recall Getaway Earth. It was Andy's um, uh, sort of Andy's first foray into into the vacation rental side business, and mm-hmm. and he commissioned a video of a cottage in UK called Windermere Lodge and its owner John Hobson. John has since gone on and sold that, but um, I'm going to put a link to that video too because it's of a very similar nature and it just gets across like yours does the personality of the owner and the ambience not of the cottage or the property and the surrounding area it just pulls everything in um and you know just like yours does it doesn't focus just on the property it goes out and looks at the surrounding area and all the activities that people can do so uh, i will be putting a link to both of those Wonderful. So we are, we're sort of um, covered a lot here and I'm getting to the end of our time. And I just wondered if you could share with us what you think are the most th- three most important things an owner should consider when planning a marketing strategy to, to get as many people into their site or onto their listing as possible. Um, this one is difficult for me because I'm, I'm an out of the box type of person. I, you know, I come from it, from an artistic marketing background. So my answers are going to be slanted in that direction. So I, I think number one is define and maintain the unique. And the things that you've mentioned today, I think, are because of that. It's the feeling of the, the website, the feeling of the video, the feeling of the houses. And I think since our market is flooded with new owners and, and people getting into the business, I think you really have to have that something that sets you apart from the rest. Um, and in my case, it, it's it's a unique, creative atmosphere. Um, and so I, I really think that's important for me. That's number one. Um, and the second thing would be diversify marketing and keeping up with emerging trends. Um, I'm helped in this because I have teenagers, and they always laugh at me. <laughs> Just last night, my daughter said that I know Facebook and Instagram better than she does, which she didn't know it at the time, but it was a wonderful compliment. I did not tell her. She would have taken it back right away. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I, you're aware of Sue B. Zimmerman and Instagram? Mm, I need to look her up. Yeah, Sue, Sue Zimmerman was, uh, I interviewed her on the podcast a, a, a year or so ago, um, and she, she is sort of the queen of Instagram. If you know nothing mm-hmm. about it, she's a great person to go to. And she has two uh, twin teenage daughters. They must, be, they must be 18 or 19 now. But they were 16 or 17 when she started out. And they just showed her the Instagram app one day and said, hey, mom, you should try this. And within six months, she was speaking worldwide on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they've decided never to use it again. <laughs> Well, my son, who's, who's 18, suggested I try Reddit, which I, I mean, 
it's not for the faint of heart, and I would not suggest it for everyone. But um, Facebook, I really love because I can really interact with people, um, and it, that's a whole other story. It, it, but I, my Facebook page is Manzanita Beach Life, and I focus like the blog on the area as opposed to just our house. And uh, we're, let's see, I started doing that in June, and I'm almost up to ten thousand followers. So I'm I'm really thrilled with how Facebook's turning out for me. Instagram, I'm kind of getting there, but Facebook I love. But more importantly, it's it's just keep up with emerging trends because there's always going to be something else that comes out. And I think if you get um, stodgy and stymied in your ways, you're going to um, end up sitting around complaining because it's going to change, just like it did for me for the e-bulletin board and for the Craigslist and for the listing sites. So you really have to, to keep on top of it. And I think especially... <laughs> People who are, are not of the millennial generation, it takes a little bit more effort, but I, it's definitely worth it. I um, see where you're coming from with this because cause I know that uh, I look at things like Snapchat and Vine, and those are two that have really passed me by. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm exploring Blab, um, probably Periscope, Periscope before too long. Um, there's so much out there, and... Um, yeah, that's a great suggestion to keep up with those emerging trends. And I know it's, it's difficult to, in Pat Flynn's words, be everywhere, but uh, it's, it's at least knowing where everywhere is. Definitely. And you definitely have to pick and choose. Like I mentioned Reddit, it's not for the faint of heart. It works sometimes, but um, you really have to tread carefully there a bit. Um, and then Snapchat, to me, it's it's a social media that disappears after a while. So I'm kind of wondering why I do it, but... Um, there's always going to be something. And plus, in picking and choosing, you can de devote a little bit more time to it. If you get spread too thin, you don't do anything well. Unless you're a super person, I'm sure. There's people that do that really well. But. I'm, I'm sure there are. <laughs> Out there somewhere. So what's your third um, important thing that someone... The third do? is customer service and keeping an eye on the bottom line. And I... It doesn't sound like a wonderful marketing tip, but for me it is because um, keeping previous guests is really, really important, but treating brand new guests like you've, they're, knowing that they're valued, I think is, is very important. And I think customer service is not as prevalent in today's community, and I think um, when you give that service, people really appreciate it. I've had so many people send me messages how much they appreciate me rep replying quickly to an email or an inquiry. Um, I don't think that happens anymore as a, on a regular basis, and I think it's really, really important. Um, and no matter how big you are, you always have to remember um, what your bottom line is, and, and our bottom line are, is and always will be our guests. Um, so I, I just think, I think it's, um, I think I read somewhere on a, a forum, someone didn't want to respond to the guest right away because they didn't want the guest to think that they were needy or, or desperate. But I look at it as responding right away is showing a guest from the first contact that you're going to be on target. You're going to be there for them when you if there's a problem or there for them if, if there's a question. You know, um, if they need to know what restaurant to go out to to celebrate Valentine's Day or, or what's, what's a, no, a 
place not to miss when you visit the area, they're going to get a response from me. So I, I think customer service is, is up there in, in my three most important things that an owner should consider. I think that's wonderful. I think, um, yeah, I, I have, I too have, have heard that, that idea that you should not be hanging onto your phone and answering immediately. But, uh, certainly in our business as a, as an agency, we take enormous pride in, in responding within a minute of receiving an email. If we can do that, um, we capture the booking. So if somebody thinks that we're needy, well, let them think that as long as they book. <laughs> Definitely. You're, you're just not going to please everyone. But, um, yeah, I think it's – it's, and I can't do that all the time since I'm a one-man show on the marketing end. But I'm certainly at my computer or checking my phone frequently and getting back to people soon. Um, and I, I think it helps. It's, it's always done well for me, and I've done this since 96. So, um, you know, I think Nordstrom's had it right. From the get-go, that's just my opinion. Well, con- <laughs> congratulations on your 20 years in the industry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and it's been an absolute delight to uh, to talk to you, Kim, and to and to have you share all that experience um, with with the listeners here. I'm sure they are going to take that on board and perhaps have questions for you. So we will. Um, if, if they do come along in the show notes and ask a question, I will, I will let you know and hope you come along and um, respond to them. Definitely, Heather. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Kim, and uh, I will see you in the inner circle. Definitely. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. so much. Well, that was great stuff. Thank you, Kim. I always come away from these conversations with owners so pumped up, wanting to go and do stuff, go and so this this time, you know, I, I I want to go and look at the old video I have of Osprey Cottage and make some changes. And then I just realized that actually I've just sold Osprey Cottage. So uh, so that, that leaves me free to go down to my other place, Kingfisher, and and think about how I do a video and start. I'm, I'm not going to do it now. It's middle of winter. Um, probably leave that till the, to the spring, but it gives me plenty of time to perhaps look around and find a, a professional like Travis to come along and, and do a video for me. I also want to get, uh, get more, uh, up to date with Facebook. And I think I'm, I'm a little bit, I've been spoilt really with my properties because I market them through my own management company. So I leave that company to do the marketing and I haven't been doing much of it myself. But you know, it's it's one property in a portfolio of around 200 and I don't promote it much within the company because it's mine and I own the company. It doesn't seem fair on our other owners. Um, but I think I think maybe that's one of my targets for 2016 is to really get into Facebook and and do the same thing as Kim is doing and I'll put the, there will be a link to her Facebook page on the show notes so please go go over and have a look at those and of course that's at uh, www.cottageblogger.com forward slash vrs111 111 so thank you so much, guys, for listening uh, again. I mean, life is so busy here at the moment with the 
with the season really ramping up um, for our Ontario cottages, for the vacation rental formula, which, as I said, is just blasting um, all our targets at the moment. We're so happy. We got a fabulous review today, uh, which I'll probably share with you. I think I'll share with you that with you next week um, or the week after when I'm talking to to Mike because we're so pumped up with with the the feedback we're getting just shows that we we seem to be doing it right so we're we're really happy with that and of course doing the blabbing and we're going to be doing training webinars every every month from here on so for us 2016 has got off to a fabulous start and certainly seems that it has got off to a fabulous start for Kim as well so Oh, all is well in the vacation rental world. Uh, I, of course, if you think differently or if you'd just like to get in touch with me, you can contact me on that heather at cottageblogger.com. I would love to hear from you. And, and don't forget to uh, listen in or come and join us blabbing on uh, January the 20th when uh, my co-host will be Matt Landau. So make a point of um, checking that out on the show notes too. You can, if you haven't done a blab before, haven't been to a blab, um, it will uh, the, the the link will take you to uh, to the blab platform, and you can just subscribe. You just have to be on Twitter to do it. Uh, nobody's going to send you anything, or you're not giving up your email address. You're just uh, subscribing to to show us that you're interested in the blab. We'd love to see you there. Or uh, yeah, we can actually see you there or and of course, hear you there and uh, read your comments if you write them in the comments section on the blab. Talking about comments, if you've got comments on today's uh, podcast, um, just please put them in the comments section and myself or Kim will be along to answer them. So thanks once again to my guest today, Kim Bergstrom, and I'll look forward to seeing you, hearing you, listening to you, listening to you. I'll look forward to talking to you, let's say, <laughs> next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.